100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organization do not constitute a church any more than 11 dead men make a football team. The first requisite is life. Always A.W. Tozer. Welcome to Someone's Praying for You with Evangelist Oliver Areza. We are delighted to have you listening today. Today, Brother Areza will continue with part three of the series, Why Church is Essential. 2020 will go down as a year to remember. Many of us found it hard to believe how certain state governments declared church a non-essential. But worse than that is how so many believers have declared church non-essential. Is church essential? With your Bible open to Hebrews chapter 10, let's join Brother Areza. And this is Evangelist Oliver Areza reminding you that someone is praying for you. What a joy and what a delight to have you tuning in to the radio program today. Of course, you, those of you that have been following the broadcast know that we've been talking about about the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse number 25, where the Bible says, Not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more. Boy, I like the way God stated it in the Bible, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, it sounds to me, according to Hebrews 10, 25, that the closer we get to the coming of Jesus Christ, I'm talking about the rapture, we don't need to have less church, but we need to have more church. And by the way, church is essential. Doesn't really matter what any governor or congressperson has to say or senator, you know, God is the one that establishes essentiality or not. And I'm telling you, friend, the local autonomous indigenous church coming together for working and witnessing and worship is absolutely essential. In other words, it's necessary to the existence of a thing as a blood-washed, born-again believer. Assembling for church is necessary. That's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. You know, when we think about a church service, probably 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're given more information in that single chapter than any other chapter in the entire Bible. Now, most of the chapter, the apostle is dealing with abuses of spiritual gifts that are given to believers for the purpose of edification not self-exaltation, but edification to build up, strengthen up my brothers and sisters in the Lord. They're given for service in the church. And then we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16, and we found out that there are gifts given to the church. We're talking about two different things. Gifts given to believers, spiritual gifts used in the church for edification, and then and then gifts to the church, one to believers, the other to the church. The Bible says, and he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And uh, so that is gifts to the church. Remember, different from 1 Corinthians 14, gifts to believers. Now, when you look at these two passages in mind, I think that it would be biblically safe to say that the primary purpose of a church service is for edification. I think it would be safe to say that the primary purpose is for a church service, for church service, is for spiritual growth. Now, no doubt a church service is used for many things, but according to the Bible, the, the, the main reason, the primary reason to gather is for spiritual edification, for spiritual growth. Now, folks, if you have a problem with that, then give me a Bible verse. You see, the problem is, as we come to these uh, issues like this, and we go to the television, we go to YouTube, we go to Facebook, and we go to all these different mediums and platforms to uh, really to make our point, to establish our beliefs. But friend, we don't go to those mediums to, to uh, establish our I mean, We go to the Word of God. Amen? So you go to any church service in the New Testament and you see if you're going to find a modern service today. Pretty much what we find is preaching. It is prayer and preaching and some music. I don't think you're going to see the entertainment that takes place today, but we're not going to get into that right now. But the point to be made is simply this. The primary reason for a church service is for edification. Goodness gracious, friends, we are in a spiritual battle today. And I'm telling you, we need to be strengthened. We need to know what we believe and believe what we know. And we need to anchor it to the Word of God. I like what Tom Brennan had to say. He said, so we must be extremely careful not to embrace the philosophy of the emerging church movement where entertainment is elevated above instruction, where worship is king and edification is the pawn, where there is two hours of, quote, worship and 30 minutes of preaching or teaching. So as we think about these things here, I want to ask you a question. What is a church service supposed to accomplish according to the Scriptures? Here's another question. What is the reason for having church? Uh, let me throw out another question to you. Uh, dear uh, listener, what are we supposed to do in church? Hey, think about this question. What are church members there for? Why are they there? Why are they supposed to be present in a church service? Hey, listen, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Now, just stop right now. Stop for a minute. I know, listen, many folks like to say, well, that doesn't pertain to me, or that was another century, or that was cultural, and start throwing out all of these things here. I don't really think that it means uh, what it's saying there. Folks, what else can you get from Hebrews 10.25 other than the importance of attending your local autonomous indigenous church service? 
going where you meet for church. And by the way, folks, just because they have a sign out front that says church doesn't necessarily make it a New Testament church. Here's another question. I want you to think about it. What are church members there for? The answer to these questions, I believe, will help us to see why church is essential. Now, you know, when they declared uh, COVID-19 and all that went on with that back March of last year, a pandemic, and then, of course, uh, many governors began to deem church as non-essential, and literally a lot of churches were shut down. And uh, now, thankfully, our governor here in West Virginia didn't shut down the churches, but he began to limit how many number could be there when all the big giant box stores were pretty open and swelling with uh, folks uh, buying the goods. But good night, I don't want to get on a rabbit trail right now. I want to stick with my thoughts here for the message today. So here's, uh, here's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to look at uh, what the Scripture teaches church is essential for. Now I want you to go ahead and get your Bible, and I want you to turn over to the book of Mark, chapter 16 and verse number 15, and that's where we're going to open up. We're going to have prayer. We're going to enjoy a beautiful number from the Hamilton family, and it is a song that is in, that is, uh, the name of the song is, My Hope is Jesus. Beautifully done. I know that it'll bless your heart. Let's go to the Lord God in prayer now. Father, we come in the precious name of Jesus, the one that loves the church, purchased a church with his own blood, and one day is going to rapture the church out of this sin-sick, hell-bent world. And what a great day that is going to be. Thank you, dear God, for everything that church is in our lives according to Scripture. As we trace it through the New Testament, feed our souls and encourage us. And I pray for those dear, for the dear ones listening today that have fallen out of church, that you'll help them to find a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, soul-winning, missionary-minded, great commission-believing church and attend it, and listen, and learn, and be strengthened, and give, and use their gifts in that local church for the glory of God, and for the edification of believers. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ's solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand My hope is Jesus The anchor of my soul The ruler of this universe The one who's in control He saved me and he will keep me till the end the rock of my salvation on christ i will depend my hope is jesus my hope is jesus when 
darkness hides my Savior's face. I rest on his unchanging grace. When faith is weak and doubt is strong, I still lift up salvation song. My hope is Jesus, the anchor of my soul, the ruler of this universe, the one who's in control. He saved me and he will keep me till the end. The rock of my salvation, on Christ I will depend. My hope is Jesus. My hope is Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking Now you ask me, Brother Oliver Areza, why why do you believe church is essential? Well, folks, it doesn't really matter what I think about or why I think that church is essential. I think I've got some good reasons. But I want to anchor these reasons why church is essential for every blood-washed, born-again believer. I want to anchor them to the Word of God. Now, I hope that you've had a chance to get a hold of an old-fashioned, old-timey King James Version of the Bible. And we're looking at Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Here's what it says. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. (laughs) Isn't that great? And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every To every creature. Hey, remember it this way. 
every creature needs a preacher. And if every creature is depending on Oliver Areza to get the gospel message, we are in trouble. That's why, number one, church is essential for, the re- for reaching through the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Oh, listen, folks. Hey, amen. Amen. Come on, help me now. You see, church is essential for reaching the world through the world with the gospel through preaching. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. You see, church is essential for confrontational evangelism, for members gathering at the local church, praying, sorting through prospects, thinking about folks that have visited your church, prospects that need to be saved uh, or those that need to be baptized because they have already been saved or those that have been saved and baptized uh, but need to get back in church. You see, church is essential. It's the way that we organize to get the gospel out, not just on the other side of the world, but uh, on the other side of the street, on the other side of town, on the other side of the county, on the other side of of the state, on the other side of the country. And you see, the church... Amen. God's messenger, his body, his local body today on earth is essential for getting the gospel to people. Go into all the, all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. So you know what? We use every medium possible to get the gospel out. We use radios, what I'm doing right now, using radio to get the gospel out and good sound Bible teaching. We use uh, the printed page to get the gospel out. We have a wide selection, wide variety of tracks here at our station, our ministry headquarters here in West Union, West Virginia. And if you're listening locally and you want to stop by and look at our assortment of Bible tracks, we'll be glad to share them with you absolutely free of charge. And you can pass them out to your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, and help get the gospel out. You see, church is essential for reaching the world through the preaching of the gospel. We use uh, worldwide missions to get the gospel out. Oh, I'm so thankful for our our ministry partner in the Philippines, Pastor Christopher Saraspe. He pastors the Liberty Baptist Church in Pamplona, uh, Philippines, down in the Occidental or Oriental uh, province. Wonderful church there. You see, church is essential for the reaching the world through the preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah, glory to God. But not only is the church essential for that, but also the church is essential for, number one, reaching and preaching, but number two, baptizing. The Bible says in the Great Commission verse, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What do we teach them? Amen. They teach them that they need to be saved. And once they get saved, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, we know that baptism is not a part of the gospel. The gospel is the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So salvation is anchored only to believing in the gospel. 
But once you get saved, you are to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. Baptism is to symbolize death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're not going to get that symbolism through sprinkling or sloshing or pouring. That's why in a Baptist church you're baptized in water deep enough to symbolize the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a part of salvation because it's not a part of the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. You get saved by believing the gospel, receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Baptism is just a step of, it's a step of obedience after you get saved. Has nothing to do with the saving of your soul, but it has everything to do with you being obedient to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you are ashamed to be baptized and identify with the Lord Jesus Christ in deep water baptism in a good gospel preaching local church, then you better check your salvation out. Baptism is not a part of the gospel. Baptism is always after salvation. Baptism is a picture of the gospel. And thank God when we get born again, we are to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Not essential for heaven, not essential for salvation. That was done because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood does not allow for any power, does not assign any power to the water. There's no power in the water. The power is in the blood of Jesus Christ. And you have, if you have never been born again, friend, I hope right now you'll find a place, bow your knee, call upon God, ask Him to forgive you and save you. He promised, He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. We'd love to hear about your decision for Christ. Be encouraged, friends, and remember, someone is praying for you. And with that, we will bring the message to a close. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to invite a friend to join you next week at this time on this fine station. You can hear this program again or past broadcasts by going to wvgvradio.com and click on WVGV Productions tab. To follow Brother Areza on Twitter, follow him at EO. Areza. This broadcast is listener supported or being underwritten by Areza Revival Ministries of West Union, West Virginia. To contact Evangelist Oliver Areza via email, use eoa at wvgvradio.com. Someone's Praying for You is a Gospel Voice production. Do the clouds around you gather in the midst of the storm Is your ship tossed and battered? Are you weary and worn? Don't lose hope Someone's praying for you This very day And peace be still It's already home the way
Slow.